Today I'll be teaching a subject that I've entitled the law of process. The law of process. And as usual, whenever I'm teaching on a certain subject, I love to be etymological or perhaps um, get to explain origins of certain words so that we may understand. Now, by definition, process is a systematic series of actions in order to meet a particular end. It is a series of actions that meets a particular end. If we are going to describe process, process is something that we get to go through or initiate in order to derive a product. The root word for process simply means to go forward. So any person that undergoes process has to make steps of going forward. Now when we talk about the law of process, I want us to understand that things just don't happen like that. I want us to understand that process is actually a law, a principle that we must all abide by. Sometimes, because of our desire to meet certain results, many people want to put aside the law of process. But may I make mention to you that even God himself in operation practices this law of process. How do I know? I know that the universe was not made in an instant. I know that 
whatever God created it took 7 days it was a process and even while he was creating those things you could tell that there was order in his creation before god created anything living he first created an environment he will create the heavens and the earth he will create the skies he will position the waters and the land then after an environment has been created he creates living things that's process praise be to god in mark chapter number 4 and verse 26 the scriptures too show us the law of process and i'll read it ahead of you the bible says this is jesus who was speaking and he gave a parable of a growing seed and he said the kingdom of god is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground notice he first started by saying the kingdom of god meaning in the kingdom of god there should be process The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and by rise of day the seed should sprout up and grow and he himself does not know how for the earth yields crops by itself first the blade then the head after the full grain in the head but when the grain ripens immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come the bible is showing us how the kingdom of god has processes we don't start with fruit amen and amen We don't start with fruit, we start with a seed. And when you plant that seed, it begins to sprout out. It begins to grow. It begins to grow until it's fully mature and can produce fruit. That dear friends, brothers, sisters is what is known as process so if we're going to define process from a biblical point of view this is my definition process is the distance between revelation and manifestation i can give you another one process is the distance between humble beginnings and great endings process is the distance between desired time and the right time 
Remember, at the end of process is product, right? And sometimes we want the product and we don't really want the process. So when I say process is the distance between desired time and right time, sometimes you may desire to want to marry tomorrow. But the right time could be three months from now. So between tomorrow and three months from now, you have to go through what is known as process. And while you are in that particular season of process, there are certain things that should happen. In short, as children of God, there is a certain way that we all interact with processes. Obviously, there is a good side of interaction. This is a side where we get to abide and just follow the process as it is. But there is a negative side of interaction that sometimes people, including children of God, get to interact with processes. The first negative side of interaction is what is known as Avoiding the process. Wanting to take shortcuts. Sometimes avoiding the process or wanting to take shortcuts. Sometimes the believer is deceived and to describe that as a miracle. But the Bible shows us anytime someone wants to avoid a process, they get to experience adverse results. In the parable of the lost son or prodigal son, we see how one of the sons wanted a shortcut by demanding for his inheritance quickly. Forgetting what Galatians 4 verse 1 which says even if the hair is if it says if the hair is a child he is not different from a slave. So this young man demanded a great inheritance when it was not yet time. He was not yet matured for it. But because he demanded a shortcut his shortcut was cut short. That's what happens anytime you avoid processes. That's why in the book of Proverbs it tells us those that are haste to get rich usually end up in poverty because they avoid processes. Do you see why it's easy for people to respond to things that avoid processes. They'll tell you, make 5,000 in two hours. Ask me how. And you don't want a process. So what do you want? You just say, how? And after you enter the system, you invest your monies whatsoever. 
and come back with a testimony and come back with experience that surely people can go on in this world. Amen and amen. So there's what is known as avoiding the process, but there's also what is known as disturbing the process. I think this is the one we need to touch a lot. Because sometimes people subscribe to the process, but along the way they disturb the process. Amen and amen. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter number 46 that God sees the end from the beginning. God knows the end result of where you're actually going. But in as much as you he sees all that he wants you to reach to a place where you can go through the process and as you go through the process you don't disturb it. Because if you if you go through a process like Israel Israel is taken through a process and what process are they taken through? Number 1 God doesn't use the shortcut for them to go to the promised land because the shortcut has Philistines and he knows that if he uses the shortcut the Philistines or rather Israel is going to run back to Egypt so he uses another route a longer route now notice that the process was not meant for God's sake it was meant for man's sake Israel was told to use another route mature enough to handle battle at that moment so the process was meant for them but along the way the bible tells us both them and the one who was leading them in the process got to disturb the process Moses decided not to speak to the rock he hit it the process was for him to speak to it not to hit it so when he hit it even though there was a result the process was disturbed and because the process was disturbed the result has to change that's why both Moses and the old generation of Israel are not permitted now to enter the promised land because they disturbed the process in this place God disturbing processes this is where children of God are bought miracles this is where they nullify prophetic words not that that word which was said to you that you are going to be a great person was false no it's just that you disturbed the process and today we want to learn how to correctly interact with processes but also it is vital for you and I to acknowledge what processes you are going through 
Because if you, in, if you get to acknowledge the processes that you are going through, there are certain things you know you can't do. Many years ago, I knew that God was working on me and training me to become a vessel. And so there are certain things I couldn't engage myself with. I couldn't pursue and start or even engage in relationships. Not because relationships were evil, but I was going through a process. And when I understood that, despite whatsoever may have happened, I stood to a place and I said, I'm being worked on. And I won't disturb the process. Amen and amen. So, let's look at a few things. I've, I've, I've put out some points. And uh, these points that I've put up is, what should I do in the process? How should I position myself in the process? How can I position myself until I get to my end result? The first thing you need to do is do not frustrate the process. In Philippians chapter number 1 verse 6, the Bible says, The God who has begun his work in you will complete it till his coming. Did you know that God is working inside of you? Did you know that God is establishing quite a number of things in your life? But then the Bible tells us that you, who is a recipient of that work, you should not position yourself to a place where you begin to frustrate his work inside of you. So just as God is committed to start and to finish, he's called the Alpha and Omega. He's called the author and perfecter of your what? Of your faith. So yes, it's possible to have faith authored by Jesus and walk on water. But it's possible for your faith in process to be frustrated by looking at the winds. And that's why you end up sinking like Peter. So one of the things you need to understand and make sure you do is never to frustrate the process. Now, in every journey towards greatness, obviously God is the one who authors and furnishes that. But in as much as you are going towards greatness, ensure you don't frustrate what God is doing in your life. What is the easiest way to frustrate what God is doing in your life? It's by ensuring you make yourself in the steering wheel. What do I mean? The easiest way to frustrate God's processes in your life is by exhorting self. 
is I, 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 I. When self comes in the way of God, you frustrate the process. That's why today God will tell Jonah, go this side, but self will say, go that side. You're frustrating the process. Why? Because in the process, God knows the end of the result that's going to take place. But if you say, no, I, 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 I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Anytime you know God's will and you decide, okay, I'm going to do something different from God's will, you're frustrating the process. That's why I know you love to say, ah, at least God brought him back. No, God showed his mercy on Jonah. Because when Jonah was thrown out of the boat, the guy was supposed to die. You can't swim where there. <laughs> you can't swim there. You can't swim in a place where there are great fishes that are able to swallow you. Amen and amen. So ensure you don't frustrate the process by exhorting self. That's one of the reasons we are taught to bring self unto subjection. There's a place where you must acknowledge that yes, you can have a will, your personal will, but you need to come to a place where that personal will submits to God's will. Like the way Jesus said, this cup is heavy, but let your will be done. Praise be to God. Never be at a place where you frustrate what God is doing in your life by exhorting self. Here you are. God requires you to do quite a number of things. And because of a certain situation in your life, you just begin to say, ah, you know what, let me put those things on hold. I need to work on myself. Why are you initiating your own processes? when you should be under the process of God. Isolation. A failure to control emotions. All those are easy frustrate processes. That's why you need to have a grip over yourself. Never reach to a place where you just end up saying things that you end up regretting later. Or doing things that you end up regretting later. If you can gain a mastery over self. Then you will not frustrate the process. While you are on your journey towards greatness. Number two. Do not compare yourselves with others. Do not compare yourself with others. I've come to understand that sometimes man easily compares himself with his fellow peers. Sometimes he looks at his neighbor and says, Ah, but my neighbor is getting paid 50,000. Me, I'm only getting paid 2,000. He is him, he's a non-believer. Me, I'm a tongue-speaking believer. What's wrong with me? 
what curse has come upon my life Meanwhile, what you don't know, what you're, what you're doing is that you're comparing yourself with someone who's got a different book, a different life, a different destiny. Don't. If you want to compare, compare yourself with where you are and where God wants you to be. That's the only comparison you should compare. Because at least if you can make that comparison... You can say, God, hey, realign me. In a case where you've gone ahead of God, say, Lord, may the anointing for a moonwalk come upon me so that I get back to you. But never compare yourself with others because people have got different destinies. People have got different things that they go through in life. That's why I love to tell people, Right now, the time is 11.45 and we are all experiencing systematic time. But you can't compare yourself who is having a time of 11.45 and then you want to compare yourself with people in China. Because in China, it's not 11.45. Perhaps it's, is it six hours ahead or behind? Come again? Yeah, what I've said. But the timing is different. So if just for example another person from another country is maybe the time is 18.45. Don't feel bad. And no. You've got your own timing. And just because, listen. I'll tell you this. Remember there are different timings, but the same world, right? In the same way. It can be same location, same place, same church, but it's different timings as well. So just because you're next to your neighbor, don't feel your timing is similar to them. Because if you do that, you will end up changing and altering things that are supposed to be part of your destiny. Do you know when Paul is talking about comparison, he says this is a foolish thing that someone should do. Yeah. So never compare yourself with anyone. If it seems like people are going ahead, celebrate for them. Otherwise, the more you compare yourself with people, I'm telling you, you it's, it's actually a last, by the way. And I'll show you, I'll prove it to you. It's a last in the sense that today, if you look at your neighbor and you see they are married, you begin to say, even me, I want to marry. Even me, I want to marry. Even me, I want to marry. Once you marry, you look for something else that you don't have. You'll be like, ah, no, I want twins or me. My neighbor's got twins. When you have twins, you look for something else. That's why I tell people, have you observed, even in the working class, sometimes you, you see like people will start with a certain salary and they will complain, me, my salary is not enough, it's not enough. When they get a, 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 a promotion and they increase their salary, maybe from 5,000 to 10,000, 10,000 soon will not be enough. Uh, then you start complaining. Kuna so much sunga buino. Hey, shani, 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 shani. You get 15,000. Listen, 
I know people who are complaining about getting 200,000. I know. But you here you're saying Ah listen, you here you're saying, "Oh, in a 200,000 we'll sort up all problems." The first question I'll ask you, if you get 200,000, will you tithe? Are you sure you can tithe 20,000? 20,000. So why aren't you tithing 100 kwach? Because you want your 10 kwacha for soche pack. Amen and amen. I'm trying to show you that if you comparing is a disease. It's a lust. It can't be satisfied. That's why right now <laughs> even people who are number 2, the world's richest. If it's when a bill gets now they are looking at eh nilo 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 ensure. Wanisia kutali. But the man is a billionaire. Praise be to God. If you can come to a place where you refuse, I'm not going to compare myself with my neighbor, but compare myself with what God wants me to do. Ah, then I'll be okay. That way you I'll tell you you will live long. Because stress kills people. Today you hear ah, Deacon Samuel has gotten married. Mm, awe, awe. Then the next day you hear Deacon Samuel has bought a car. You will die with stress. Palace you just say ah, mm, Deacon Manjo na mbo enda kunganga. Eh, shanshan. Don't compare yourself with somebody. Ladies, even your looks, don't compare. Me, I want to look like shanshan. The way you are is the way you are. Love yourself. Love your nose. Love your ears. Love them. Amen and amen. My wife loves to compliment me, but before she compliments me, I convince myself. Baby, you're looking good. Uh, I'm not trying. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Niziba. <laughs> Some of you. Hey. When was the last time you told me I look good? Anana kono kunusa. So you were chance and shinambo hipa manje. You've not noticed. Chance. Hallelujah. Somebody say I will never compare. Number three, don't allow anyone to interfere with your process. The first two was you. The next one is others. Don't allow anyone to interfere with your process. When I first met Mrs. Shay and um She told me uh, rather we talked I professed my interest and she told me 
Oh, by the way, I'm on a commitment with God. I can't date for the next two years or three years. I said, it is well. I will be back. <laughs> I will be back. Amen and amen. I did not want to interfere with what God is doing in her life. Because if I start interfering, I become an enemy both of her and God. So I told her, ah, it is well. We will slide in the DM soon, soon. And I started helping her countdown. Now the countdown was very funny. How many days was that? 545 days left. Not hey. It is well. But I was not willing to disturb the process that is in her life. Some of you are allowing people to disturb the process in your life. At 17 years already, they are busy babying you around. Baby, sweetheart, shansha. They are mishandling you. They want to hold you everywhere. Are they healing evangelists? They are mishandling you. But then, in the end, have you seen those tomatoes that people sell in the streets? You put this one down, you put this one. By the time a tomato is mishandled, what happens? No. It takers. It wallers. Because you have allowed someone to disturb your process. You need to become like a diamond. And I'll give the same example. When we started dating, she used to take me to, uh, we would pass maybe East Park on other malls, and there are those malls where they sell rings. Have you noticed not everyone enters there? Not, you can't just enter anyhow. First of all, you look at yourself. Not, mm. First, you see a ring at engagement ring, 3,400. Pass by. Just pass. That's the kind of value you should place over your life. The problem is that many of you are placing a value for Tatiola mtengo, Tatiola mtengo, Tatiola mtengo, Bolani, 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 Seo, 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 Seo. And everyone is coming from the world, from all the churches, from all the countries, they are coming to you. And you are a fountain. Pastor, I don't know what I can do. All the guys are just coming to me. Tomato, Can you become a diamond? And then for those, some of you who are complaining, it is well. You are a diamond. <laughs> amen and amen. It is well. At the pastor, pray for me so that my DM becomes fresh. I want fresh revival in my DM. It's dry. What do you want? Do you want to become a tomato? Somebody say, my process will not be frustrated. So don't allow anyone to disturb the process in your life. It may be through actions. It may be through words. Sometimes people may just want to give you discouraging words. You will not make it in life. 
Don't allow them. Close your ears. I observed something uh, from those who bake. My wife likes baking a lot. And I observed that there's one, one thing that they avoid doing when they are baking or is to open the oven. So I said, so when I open, what's happening? It says, air is entering. Anyway, they, they, they do understand, and I'm sure you do understand why it's not good for air to uh, come in when you're baking. You need to ensure when you are shut in God's oven, cold air coming in. When you're shut in God's oven, ensure you've remained there. Dear Lord, I am your scorn. Bake me. Uh, be shut there. Don't allow some funny guy to open and blow cold air. <laughs> that cold air. Close the oven and say, wait. Let me come out baked first. Because the problem is that if he comes and they are not yet baked, he will taste and he will leave. Because you are not ready. Why am I speaking a lot about relationships? Or oh, someone is not ready. Oh, scones, scones, scones. <laughs> Number four. Just bear with me if, I, uh, if I'm unable to keep count of the numbers. You will know if I've said number four twice, it's number five. The next point is see correctly. See correctly. When you're under a process, it's important to see correctly. Sometimes people perceive a process as a product so whilst someone is going through a wilderness they believe this is their end result they believe this is what God has meant for them so they see a process as a product you see when you're going through fire at the end of that you know process obviously a diamond or something good should come out but sometimes when you go through a process and you're seeing it's difficult, sometimes people see that process as a product. They feel like, no, this is how God wants me to be. So they've perceived it as a product. So the problem with perceiving it as a product is they feel there is no better result that they are going to yield. So what am I trying to say? It's important to see things correctly. To see things by the eyes of the Spirit. To see things through the light of the Scriptures. Like the way the psalmist is able to say in Psalms 23, that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, this man is acknowledging that he is only walking through the valley of the shadow of death. He is not saying the value, of, the value of the shadow of death is his dwelling place. No. 
So you need to see correctly. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse 7, the Bible tells us that we speak the wisdom of God, the wisdom that was demonstrated, which the rulers of the world did not understand. When Jesus was being buried, as a process, you should know that that is not the end. As a process, you should understand that being buried is not the product. The product is resurrection. The product is Praise be to God. When Jesus says to the sickness of Lazarus, saying it will not end in death, when you hear Lazarus has died, know that the death of Lazarus is only a process. Because Jesus will come again and say, Lazarus, come out. So you need to reach to a place where you see things correctly. What you are going through, when you see enemies around your life, the correct interpretation of seeing giants in your life is that you are next to milk and honey. That's the correct interpretation. The correct interpretation for seeing so many battles in your life is that there is a table set for of your enemies. Praise be to God. See things correctly. Once it gets tough, don't say, ah, I've been neglected. No, 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 no. See things correctly like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they go through the fire, if they haven't been removed from the fire yet, and they are allowed to go through the fire, they should know that there is a process. It's a process that I'm going through. Because while they are in the fire, there's going to be a fourth man that will appear in that fire. And say, I will be with you. I am the consuming fire. Because after the fire, the Bible tells us Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were promoted. So if they had run away from the fire, they were going to run away from their promotion. If they had said, Dear King, we bow down before you, there was not going to be any promotion. Sometimes it's okay if you see that you've entered the lion's den. See the lion's den as a process, not as a death threat or a death point. Because after you come out from the lion's den, the king will worship your God. The king will lift you. Many people are seeing adverse results in their life as tough and evil things that perhaps God is proposing concerning them. No! God has got good plans for you and I. But while you are going through that fire, you need to see things correctly. You need to see things that even though I'm going through this process, I know I'm going to make it. And to help you see things correctly, submit yourself to the scriptures and the authority of the, the Spirit who will guide you. 
Stop calling yourself cursed. How can you be cursed when God has blessed you? Next point, be positive. Be positive. While you are waiting for that manifestation, while you are waiting for something good to turn out in your life, be positive. If there is something that you can't convince me not to be, is being a person who is not positive. No matter what, I will always look at the other side of the coin. Now, why do you need to be positive? And I, and I really need you to understand this. Why do you really need to be positive? One of the reasons you need to be positive is because not everything that we intend to do or happen in our life happens the way we want them. Sometimes you want to get a job, perhaps at ZRA. But it so happens that for you, maybe your breakthrough would not be ZRA, but another company. So it didn't go the way you wanted it to be. At that moment, don't be sad. Just be positive. So it's important to be positive because sometimes... Like I said, not everything we want goes this exact way we want them to be. Sometimes you want that guy or that girl. By the time you slide in, you'll find that ah, property of the consumption. <laughs> it's not the end of the world. Why? Because Deacon Samuel doesn't own all properties. Just one. What should you do? Oh, you find that all oh, belongs to Deacon Samuel. You just say, it. thank you. Uh, all the best. I pray for you guys. Then, another property. Amen and amen. So always be positive. There was a time where someone came to me. They were rewriting their, their mathematics. And uh, when they rewrote, they came back with their results. They said, Pastor failed. I said, go and write again. They came back to me and said, Pastor failed. I said, ah, go and write again. They came back for the third time and said, I failed. I said, ah, feel free, write again. I kept taking her back to write those examinations. But in as much as I was taking her back to write those examinations, I told her, just remain positive no matter what. Because failure is not falling down. Failure is staying down. Remember I did say last time, most of you know, how it feels like to fall in a drainage. Some of you at least. Some of you know how it feels like to fall from a bicycle. Have you had that embarrassing moment in town? You fall down. Pah! And you're on the ground. 
Have you noticed your first response? Even though it pains, your first response is not ouch. Your first response is nyamuka boy apa. Ungazipeze pa TV. Now listen. When you fall down, doesn't it hurt? It hurts. But your focus is not on the pain. Your focus is on getting up. And that's the kind of posture we need to have in life. Anytime something doesn't work well, if your business made a loss, don't focus on the loss. Focus on making a profit next time. If you failed an examination, don't focus on how you failed it or how people have gone ahead. Focus on writing it again and passing. That's the positivity you need. Why? Because things don't always go the way we want them to go. Amen and amen. The next one. Remain productive. Remain productive. The Bible says this. It says, if the clouds are full, they will empty themselves with rain. Now you need to understand something. You need to understand that the clouds won't be full in a simple moment or in one moment. It's a process for a cloud or clouds to get full. But while they are not yet full, you need to commit to doing whatsoever you need to do for those clouds to be full. What do I mean? If you've been believing for a breakthrough and that breakthrough has not yet happened, then keep believing. No matter how long it has taken, what should you do? Keep believing. You need to sustain the very things that empower your miracles. If you've been praying for a certain change and there's no change, what do you do? Pray. If you've been believing for a certain thing and it hasn't yet worked, what do you do? Believe. That's why we see a man like Elijah. He's praying for the rains. Meanwhile, he's expecting for the rains to come. He prays once. There is no result. What does he continue doing? He prays. He prays too. Nothing. He prays. Seven times this man is praying. It simply means if it didn't happen at the seventh time, he was going to continue with the eighth. If it didn't happen the eighth time, he was going to continue the ninth. That's why even Daniel said amen. Even though it became 21 days, he said amen after the angel had come. So if the angel came on day 40, he was going to continue till day 40. Hallelujah. So remain productive. And in productiveness, I mean in all spheres, whatsoever you are committed to do, whether in the house of the Lord, in the corporate world, keep doing those things. Because those things will actually help you. 
You're believing for a miracle. You're believing for something financial or whatsoever. And then you say to yourself, ah, you know what? Let me just maybe resign from my department or stop doing this. Uh, maybe I can have more time. No, that's that's the wrong attitude. Keep being committed. Do you know that Joseph's deliverance was simply sponsored by how he remained committed in service joseph had a dream but he was sold as a slave joseph had a dream but he was put in prison but while he was in prison joseph did not begin to start saying god is this how you forsaken me surely is this how you can bring me away from my breakthrough honestly god what wrong have i done to you and of course joseph didn't do any wrong but we still see that joseph was very active in prison such that his service made him to be promoted to be the leader of prisoners he never gave up on serving when he was sold as a slave this same slave became the leader in the house of Potiphar. He would put in his very best. Serving is one easy platform for heaven's recognition. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. The Bible tells us on one occasion Joseph was asked or rather he noticed someone who needed an interpretation of a dream and Joseph started doing that. He offered help. And because of that service it is the reason why he was remembered later on. And they said I know a guy who interprets dreams. Some of you just know, just need to continue where you are. Because one day, there is a certain remembrance that will come in your life and they'll say, I know a person. This person, mm, they are very skillful with computers. This person, they are very skillful. When they sweep, they sweep away all your problems. <laughs> I know, I know. I know that person. That one can clean the whole church alone. They'll be like, okay, call her. We want her to be a supervisor at our company. Why? Service attracts a heavenly recognition. But those that just decide to sit, Notice there were so many prisoners in Joseph's time. And the only thing we know about them is that they remained prisoners. You remain quiet, things remain quiet. You do nothing, you become nothing. Somebody say, I'll keep serving. Next thing, get empowered. Get empowered. 
if you've observed in all these points that I'm explaining to you number one there's a demand for you to see things a certain way but number two there's also a demand for you to learn things which is strength and sight now in empowerment know that whatsoever you are going through always find a lesson it's not only just what you are going through even whatsoever you are doing in life always learn a lesson I remember a time when I used to be a barber man and the first client that I cut the Lord forgive me But I learned something. I learned very, very uh, powerful things from that. And I learned, okay, this is not the way you should cut. You should cut this way. And yeah, people have feelings. People beat and other things like that. <laughs> but throughout whatsoever I was doing, I could learn something valuable and get empowered. You'll be shocked how many things I've done just to raise money for myself. Besides working in the corporate world. I used to do, I used to cut people's hair. I used to sell frizzits. I once opened a video game station as well. People would come and play video games and you charge them. Charge them and you're making money. But I knew all those things were to show me that I can do something to keep me productive. I can do something to ensure I don't remain in luck. In the same way, whatsoever you are going through, or whatsoever you are going through in life, ensure that you are always learning. Do something. Because those skill sets will help you in future. They will. That's why you look at a man by the name of David. When David is facing a bear, that's his training. It's training him to have enough capacity and strength to face Goliath in future. So don't run away from the bear. You need to fight it. You don't need to go back to your father and say, Father, you've seen, you've taken me to the... My, my brothers are this side they are fighting me have put me in the bush you've made me a bushman and I'm fighting a bear and I'm fighting a lion no 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 no. as David what you need to do is fight the bear preserve the flock do something about it on one occasion he says he even removed <laughs> he removed a sheep from the lion's mouth lion he went and beat it, killed it. It's enough strength. Listen, you've been fighting a lion, you've been fighting a bear. Don't you think when Goliath comes, do you think you're going to say, ah, these things are difficult? No. When Goliath comes, you say, who is that uncircumcised Philistine? You were. How dare you defy the name of the Lord? Why? You know you've got strength. This one is not faith. 
There you know yourself. It's not faith. It's not faith. Even as when we do deliverance cases, a demon manifests and you say, we tell you in the name of just out, you're back on the floor. Gone, never again come. We know what we've encountered in private. We don't just say, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. They teach you, no. We know. In that circumstances, in those circumstances that you are facing, learn things, build strength. I tell people it's okay if you go through a tough time because it's building your capacity and your stamina. It's okay. You were there complaining, oh, but why has my brother, my sister, them, they are doing things well. Me, things are hard for me. This is not fair. I don't know. When I go home, things are hard. When I go home, this is that. But have you noticed? I'll, know, I'll, I'll tell you something. In those tough situations, have you noticed how much strength gets to be built? Such that that person who you're comparing yourself with, who had no problems, one day when their dog dies in future, you find they start writing a letter. Dear uncle, this world is not my world. I'm sorry I disappointed you. Why are they writing letters? And why are you not writing letters? It's because of the strength you've built. Sometimes it's okay. Those tough times are even good for you. Because in these last days, yes, there will be tough times. You hear there is a strange disease that is going around. For you it says, ah, it is well. Have you, seen, have you seen the way the Africans dealt with COVID? I'm telling you, have you seen how they dealt with it? They said, we are ready for it. It's Yes, they projected, oh no, these guys, they're going to die like flies. <laughs> they're like, Emwe, do, you, do you know what we've gone through? And then when they started getting that COVID, they were like, you've given us a fake one. You've given us, you've given us a, a, a Chinese COVID. Bring the real one. Why? It's because sometimes those, those, those tough times strengthen you. I discovered something even with uh, uh, my daughter when she was growing up. She would have a tough time trying to digest. And so she would be like, <clears throat> I wanted to come in as a prophet and say, I will stop this funny, funny thing going on. But the doctor says it's actually good. It's good for her. It will strengthen her. Do you know that they actually even advise children at a young age to play in mud, dirty, I think they call my whims. <laughs> so that in future you don't die like flies. <laughs> I think they call my whims. 
And that's why most of you, you've got CVs of sicknesses when you're young. Awe, nanzeli na mpere, sesea, nanzeli na, they strengthened you. Amen and amen. So those situations, don't despise them. If it's tough, you say, no, it is well. I know I don't like this, but dear Lord, thank you for the strength that has been built in me. Because of this strength that I have to overcome a bear, I know when I meet you, Goliath, ah, Goliath, build strength, build capacity, build empowerment. David did not know how to use the slingshot on Goliath. That's why, he, that's why he decided to pick five stones. If you're unskillful, you will pick 20 stones. Yes. He knew how to use a slingshot. That's why he says five are enough. But one is enough. When I'm with God. He only picked five. He even knew how to choose them. Some of you don't even know how to use catapults. Some must try. See those situations differently. Be like David. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Listen. <laughs> he's talking about death, the ultimate enemy. Because he knows he's already dealt with bears, goliaths, and other things. So he's not, he's not going to say, even though I come in the company of Goliath. Because that one has been dealt with. He's already got serious strength. He's got enough capacity to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's why he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, <laughs> I'm not going to fear any evil because God is with me. Then he says, your Lord comforts me. He's got enough capacity. He's got enough strength. Yeah. And that's the kind of strength you need to have. Whereby if tomorrow you just see on breaking news that this and this is going to happen, don't worry. You're not bothered about it. Praise be to God. I'm telling you. Sometimes we don't have enough capacity and stamina. That's why we begin to fear. That's why. I remember a time. I'm delivering. And an evil spirit spoke out. Today we are coming to kill you. I laughed. How can you intimidate me? How? I'll say this. On my wedding day, after we left, or after we were just about to leave, we decided to do a sneak out. And then while we were sneaking out, there's this woman that decided to come and hold my wife on her womb. Like scratched her. We don't know the woman. I've never seen her. You've never seen her. And she looked at me. 
says, look at what these guys, this woman has done. I told her, get in the car. Don't worry, don't worry about her. She should be worried about herself. She's touched you, then what? You should reach to a place. If someone touches you, you don't say, No, no, no. Yours should be like Jesus. Where when someone touches you, power comes out of you. And you say, who touched me? I felt power come out from me. There's an old man who once greeted me. And when he greeted me, he used his, his, his finger and scratched me. And in my heart, I said, and then... <laughs> I'm telling you, ah, ask her, after that woman touched you, did I even pray for you? We went. Why? Ah. Why? There's, you gain serious stamina, you will not even fight. Death could not hold you, the veil tore before you. You silence the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring, praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again. You have no rival, you have no equal, now and forever God, you, yours is the kingdom, the glory. Philippians chapter number 3, verse 12. Three more points and I'm done. The next thing you need to do is to learn to press on. To learn to press on. Philippians chapter number 3, verse 12. The Bible says, not that I have already attained or I am already perfected, but I press on. <laughs> Paul is acknowledging something. He's saying, not that I've already attained, not that I've already perfected, but I'm going to press on. Do you know what this man is saying? He's saying, I'm not yet perfect. I'm not yet a millionaire. I've not yet completed my education. I've not yet completed that thing that I want to do. But just because I've not yet completed it, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to press on. When you are in the process, and while you are in the process, you need to acknowledge and understand that even though you've not yet reached to that place where you receive your ultimate goal or your ultimate result, you need to press on. 
you need to keep moving while we are walking through that path and i know we love to say at the end of the when you see at the end of the tunnel there's going to be a light for you don't even say for you it's i'm just going to keep moving i'm going to keep pressing you understand that you are not yet there but even though you are not yet there you and i have to make a decision to be pressing saints of god i came to encourage somebody in this arena of you experiencing processes keep pressing on because process the word process means to move on and when you move on process changes to progress you need to move on no giving up no stopping it's vital some of you gave up on those businesses no 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 keep pressing on while you are still in school not yet qualified keep pressing on but apart from not pressing on you need to ensure in verse 13 let's let's read verse 13 verse 13 says brethren i do not count myself to have apprehended he's saying this is poor saying guys nizi wasinafikepo i'm not yet there but he says but one thing i do is that i forget the things that are behind while you are in the process the other thing you need to do is forget your failures forget your wrongs many holding on to their pasts and they say the reason i am here is because i did this and i did that no paul says i know i haven't yet reached there but one thing i know in it i don't hold on to the past let go of that past let go of that guilt let go of that disappointment and press on don't hold yourself and say no the reason i'm here is because i'm guilty of this this and this and i feel the lord doesn't love me no the bible tells us though your sins may be as scarlet they shall be as white as snow he blots them out and forgets them no more the only one who has record of your failures is satan so if you remember them then it is him that is reminding you so when he reminds you tell him oh i that is not me tell him uh, when i see in the records of god god declared and stamped and said no record he declared and stamped and said i am justified the word justified simply means not guilty that's why paul goes on to say therefore there is no condemnation to they that are in christ jesus we're not guilty because our thoughts were nailed with jesus on the cross our punishment was nailed with jesus on the cross so if someone wants to look for them 2000 years ago let them go there 
they will go to the cross, unfortunately, they will discover nothing because Jesus said it is finished. Don't hold on to your past. And the last thing is don't get tired. The Bible tells us do not get weary in doing good. That is to show us that it's possible to be tired in doing good. It's possible to be tired to wait for your situation to come. Some of you have waited and waited. Listen, there's a woman who had the issue of blood. She waited for 12 years. But guess what? When it was concerning her miracle, she was not tired of touching Jesus. She said, mm -mm, if I can just touch Jesus, she was not tired. She still pressed on to her miracle. And she said, if I can just touch the helm of his garment, I know, I know I'll be well. But remember, when she was taking her medication and other things, she was hopeful that she was going to be well. But even though she was not well, she did not use experience as her reality. She used the word of God. Some of you, the experience that you've been going through shows you that you are a failure. But don't use experience as your reality. Use the word of God as your reality. Don't say to yourself, ah, wait, these things for sickness, it can just remain on me or whatsoever. No, 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 no. If it failed today, try again tomorrow. If it failed tomorrow, try again the next day. If Wednesday didn't work, try again on Thursday. And if Friday, Thursday didn't work, try again on Friday. For you, the goal is never to get tired. If your life is being cooked like beans, it's okay. I know beans takes long to, 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 be, to be ready. But as long as you apply consistency, pressure, heat, and force, beans will get red. Whether it was seven, whether it was seven hours of cooking or six hours of cooking, is Hallelujah. So don't get tired. Don't get tired. Oh no. And in the midst of not getting tired, ensure, this is a bonus one, ensure that your language does not change. I'll tell you this. Whenever there is a breakthrough or whenever there is something bad about to happen in someone's life, usually their language changes. Let me give you a secret. If you want to stop death from people, change their language. Usually when the spirit of death comes, this is how it operates. Before the spirit of death envelops someone, it wants someone to change their language first. That's why you observe sometimes even from the old. Before the old die, they speak it first. Have you observed that? They just don't go like that. They'll just tell you, in any end, I'm going. I'm going, I'm going. They'll sing it, they'll speak it, they'll utter it. That's just a sign that death is near. If you want to deal away with that death, change their language. When their language changes, the death will be dispelled. But if they keep saying, I'm going, I'm going, you try to change their language, and they keep saying, I'm going, just accept it. Then just prepare. 
they will be going soon. There are other people, they may not even be old people, even young people. You know, you all, when, when the spirit of death comes, you know it's in your midst. And usually you speak it. Have you heard people say, ah, I don't think I'll make it. I don't know. Even concerning suicide, you have to speak first. I'm not worthy. This life. You speak it, you speak it, you speak it. So, but when you notice you're in a tough time, don't change your language. Don't change your language. Maintain your language. The heaven kind of language. Even though you're going through fire, it's for you. It's, ah, I am the blessed of the Lord. Even though things are not working out, you say, God will work it out. Even though things are just hard for you, you say, but Lord, your word says your yoke is easy and it is light. You're not changing your language. Don't join the people that keep saying words like this life has no balance for you change your language i say yes they say life has no balance but i'm gonna give it balance because greater is he that lives in me than the one that is in the world because jesus that dwells in me makes me have life and life in abundance the life in abundance has balance Don't change your language. I came to tell a people the law of process is necessary. Let the process build something out of you. Let the process take its course. Let the process build a champion from you. Let the process perfect you. Let the process have God glorified. Don't avoid it. Don't disturb it.